This is The 116, a podcast about living higher, wider, closer, and deeper. The 116 is a presentation of First United Methodist Church in downtown Peoria. Go to peoria1.com for more information about us and in order to leave us a message there. And I'm Pastor Tim Osmond, one of the clergy here. My honor to be with you today. And today uh, we're with uh, some of our usuals. The usual suspects have come in. And uh, so they're here, Julie Bell and Julie Rolfe. And then also we have uh, Mark Krupa, who's one of our missionaries that we've supported um, much longer than I've been here because he grew up in the church here. And we're going to be talking with him today just so that you have a better understanding of some of the missionaries that we're supporting and that we love and pray for and the ministries they're involved in and how our, our ministries are a part of uh, the greater kingdom of God. And so we're very glad for that. So, Mark, I was just going to ask, um, uh, where did you grow up? And how did you come to know Jesus? I grew up just north of Peoria, and I went to school between where I lived and, or actually north of Peoria and Mossville grade school for nine years, and then IVC high school for four. So I, and then I went to Bradley. So I went, spent my first 24 years of my life here and have been a lifelong member of this church. Wow. Thank you. So you went to Bradley University, mm-hmm. is that correct? Right. Great. When did you start ministry in the Czech Republic? Uh, my senior year of, at Bradley, uh, I walked around and told my professors and my friends that I think God's calling me into youth ministry. And so I told my construction professors that that's what I'm going to do after Bradley because I studied construction engineering and business. Uh, having spent the summer before in the Czech Republic, I got to, uh, I was invited to come back and then to start serving there. And that was in 1998, and I moved there in 1999. So I actually haven't lived in America the past century, <laughs> since last century. <laughs> and um, so, what, how did you get there the first time? Who invited you to come? Uh huh. Uh, there was a missionary out there in Tremont that lives in the Czech Republic. He's from Tremont, and he knew I was studying with Bradley in Denmark. And he invited me down to the Czech Republic, and I did an English camp and a hiking camp and just got to see the vision and the ministry. I met a lot of kids who had never heard about Jesus. Mm-hmm. Churches everywhere in Europe didn't know Jesus, hadn't ever heard and that made an impact on me, but I never expected to enter into ministry. Right. I had been doing youth ministry over in East Peoria, very outreach-oriented ministry right in the school, and been doing that for five years. And really, that was my passion, and my professional life was uh, my experience with working for a construction company. And I actually followed my passion more than my profession. Uh, I think that was from God, uh, and so that's when I moved over. Wow. So Mark, you have some big numbers coming up over this 13 month or so time frame, um, looking at the midpoint of your life to date and turning 50 and serving in check for 25 years. So what, what does one do to celebrate all these big milestones and, and how do you celebrate something like that? Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's a, it's a big year. Um, I'm actually back for the month trying to see old friends because I will turn 50 uh, next January. And I will 
I also celebrated recently a half of my life in the Czech Republic, but I couldn't do the math, figure out, so I had to ask AI. Artificial intelligence <laughs> told me, and I missed it by a week. They said it's last Wednesday when you're actually half of your life on the mission field. Wow. And well, happy belated. Yeah, yeah, thank you, thank you. And thank you, AI, because my mind, Bradley didn't teach me how to do that math because it's a moving target. But I uh, really love it over there, and... Every five years, our mission agency celebrates these milestones because it, it can be hard. Longevity is an issue, uh, especially with singles like me. And But every five years, we get in front at the conference. They, we just thank God for every five years. Um, it'll be 25 this May, and they often give you a little uh, envelope and tell you to do something with this money. Uh, when I celebrated, I think it was 10 years in check. I jumped out of an airplane <laughs> to celebrate. Wow. Um, like on tandem. purpose? Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> okay. Um, it was a tandem flight. Um, don't tell my mother, but that man, that jumper died the next year. Oh, dear. Yeah, oh, my he, word. He, he, luckily, now he had jumped, I don't know how many thousands of times, but his parachute didn't open, my tandem <gasps> guy. So wow. I, I missed, I, I survived that one. No, that's, um, uh, but it was memorable, and I actually, it, it was a good experience. And this, this uh, to celebrate 25 years, I'm actually going to go to the mountains. I'm going to go to Switzerland. Uh, and uh, I've invited my brothers to come. We'll see if they do, and some, some friends. And it'll be fun to see those mountains. Absolutely. Wow, that sounds like a great, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I'm, I just think it's so awesome that you're celebrating all these things really in the same time frame. Um, and I, I think that's important. It's important to pause and celebrate. Um, just a side note, like your 25 years in check is the same year my husband and I are celebrating our 25th anniversary. So I'm always going to remember now your, how long you've been in check because mm-hmm. it'll be the same as the number of my wedding anniversaries. Mm-hmm. Um, that was so. nice of you two to get married on that anniversary. It was, was yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we'll celebrate with you, Mark, uh, probably separately, but yeah. I also celebrated this spring uh, 30 years of just abiding in Christ. Um, that, was, that was probably the most significant thing mm-hmm. in this period of my life because I, I, was, I was taught how... When I was 18, I was taught how to start doing a daily quiet time with, with the Lord, something I hadn't done. I think I relied on the youth pastor and the pastor and the church mm-hmm. and things, uh, and I'd, I'd faded. And when he explained the gospel up there in second service, and when he said, for the next seven days, sit with Jesus and let him influence you, actually let him enter into you, your heart, which is not just a childish or child. It's a, it's a biblical thing. Mm-hmm. Um, Colossians three sixteen seventeen, Ephesians three sixteen seventeen. These are verses that say, let the peace of Christ rule in your heart. And that became my life verse. And I have tried to do a lot of letting the last 30 years of Jesus uh, live his life in me so that it's not so much an effort, a religious effort, but a lot of openness and and he has and it's been like a tree for the growing for the last 30 years and i'm thankful for the grace and everything because it's not been up and down i haven't even had a dark night of the soul and i know that can come i hope it never does but 
If it does, I hope I walk by faith, but he's been very present in my life, and I do seek him every morning, especially on the mission field because the old flesh, the world, the enemy, those three can really attack and rise up. It's The old flesh is crucified, but it wants to rise again, and every morning he crucifies the old, and I invite him in to... And I'm not perfect, but I do try to be given over to him. Mm. And so the 30th anniversary happened this spring in the second Sunday of March, and that was really significant for me. I just sat with the Lord all day long, just, I guess, abiding. It was a really fun celebration. That's that's an awesome um, memory, Mark. And I'm wondering, for those who've been around the church a long time, who will remember the name of who was pastor that gave you that call for those seven days? I believe it was Dan Huckins. Um, and I have looked for that sermon. It it was on, they used to record sermons on cassette tapes, but someone (laughs) borrowed that sermon and never returned it. (laughs) I want to see, I want to hear that again. And you know what? Maybe it wasn't a, a fantastic sermon. I think just the spirit was at work. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Probably had someone praying. He did explain the gospel rather than information addition. He he one of those transformation gospel first half of the gospel of the forgiveness which I needed as a teenager. The second half of the gospel, Jesus risen and he can abide in your heart um, if you let him. And I started to do that daily and never stopped. The first three months, I wasn't really telling everyone uh, because I needed the heart change to see that this was not a human philosophy, but really Jesus risen from the dead, living in a human being, and started to change from the inside out slowly but steadily. And I've never heard that sermon again, but I know the message. I preach it to everyone, and I try to share it over in check. So I remember the day in church 25 years ago when we sent you out because I can remember thinking I mean I'm a little older than you not lots but thinking wow this 25 20 you know year old kid kid basically I remember that day and your parents of course there and probably I don't remember other members of your family probably there but I I remember that day a lot of significant uh Things just above us in the in sanctuary. these walls, right, <laughs> these right, walls. the walls of this Youth church, group, right next door. This room has changed over the years. Uh, Disciple Bible uh, study, which um, really grounds you in the faith. Sometimes it's hard to get a teenager to really study the scriptures. I, I'm all for fun in youth group and fellowship, uh, but we also need that grounding. And then um, it it really wasn't until I was a freshman year at Bradley, where someone from this church was really discipling me, challenged me to read through the New Testament. Mm. And mm-hmm. and that was the first time I'd done that. And I was I remember being amazed at, of course, I'm in the scriptures my whole life, coming, being in the church and from a Christian family, but so applicable, so applicable. So I'm also a big scripture intake person till mm-hmm. today because it's the best sermon. It's the best. It's the meat. It's the real deal. It's the narrow way. Um, it's points to Jesus and 
Uh, especially love a good translation for newbies, <laughs> like the New Living Translation. I want it to be accurate to the original, but also understandable, readable. Absolutely, yep. Being in the Czech Republic, so we know there's challenges being there, and just general challenges and hard times in ministry. Can you speak of some of those hard times and challenges? Yeah, um, the the first year was brutal. Um spiritual warfare never saw it with my eyes but it was everywhere there was uh the communism the statues the architecture it all speaks to you it haunts you Mm -hmm. um in that part of the world not so much anymore because they've gone away but um and then just the stresses of change of life new language loss of social life friends deep relationships family everything food (laughs) these were all things i didn't I, I had a really tough adjustment to a country that was second culture, not third culture. Or, or I'm sorry. Um, it, it was it was post-communist. It wasn't some undeveloped part of the world, but it was still hard for me to live in and get used to. And then it was hard the, to learn the language. I had to do three four hours a day and then three hours a day, year two. Still couldn't speak the language at year two. And when expectation is here and reality is here, lot of frustration mm-hmm. because I wanted to learn that language by year two, but I sought the Lord and he said, now pay someone not to teach you the language, but to speak in the language because everyone wants to speak English over there. And then I sat with this guy and all year long just spoke, 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 and was conversational by year three, could teach by year five. Wow. That, that was really hard. It is one of the harder languages to learn. And then probably... Another frustration over the years was I, uh, we, I led a youth pastor school for full-time students, and we had 15 students, and one of them was just really causing problems. Yeah, it was over the top, even with physical confrontations with other students. So he had to go, and I was responsible for that. And, boy, that hurt my gut because I want to mm-hmm. build people up, not tear them down. But in order to – sometimes you need to remove the – the you know the yeast in the fellowship and so so he had to go and um but then someone else above me changed that decision that I had agonized over so then he stayed and then the pain and the (laughs) ministry pain in the gut remained for 10 months and I do try and it was a physical pain even so I do try to let hard things flick off me more and more as I age um I think you have to in these Mm -hmm. days (laughs) Um, in maturity, I try to move on and not let those things bother me so much. How about the best memories in ministry? <laughs> best memories was also physical <laughs> ache in my stomach. I was at a, but it was from joy. I don't know if mm-hmm. you've ever had four days of straight joy of smiling where your face and your stomach hurts because you get to see all these people that you've worked with. We did, it was a big denominational retreat youth retreat with a thousand kids there you got to and I, I i that summer i worked with seven different youth groups doing seven different camps and it was a big reunion it was just some of the youth groups had added some of the campers to their fellowship and some of them actually were there some of them had come to faith and it was just such a joy that i said okay this starting to hurt my stomach from all the joy, <laughs> believe it or not. So there's ups and downs in ministry, and those joys, they're not there daily. But um, I do love being a missionary and 
time with the Lord, then going doing that work. But every missionary has different stories of trials. Mm. Could a hard time ever also be a best memory? Those are the times where if you will to believe and seek the Lord, you can grow the most. So, yeah, you, you learn a lot. I learned from that student that I can love everybody, but I can uh, look to those who want to grow, maybe pray all night for those who I disciple, like Jesus did. Love everybody, but choose a 12, and, you know, some that means some people you don't invest in. They're not ready or willing right now. And so you learn those big lessons in the really hard times. And I've seen that in the short-term missionaries we we have over, the, the summer interns that we have. I've led those summer American interns many summers, and we really go through hard times. Pretty much all my colleagues, my coworkers, have been brought to the end of their rope. I, I think it's God at work. And those who have responded through the fire, you know, faith is better than silver or gold, and those who have walked through that fire, and some haven't, some have uh, dropped when it was a time of faith. It, it wasn't strong enough. And, but others have really been sanctified by choosing to seek the Lord when they don't even see. Mm-hmm. Did you ever almost want to just come home? I had a calling. Part of the calling was for life. That has served me so well. Not every missionary has that, and God could change that, right. and I'm all ears, but I've been so blessed with not being tempted to return to America, when, even when it's hard, mm-hmm. it, it, because I daily didn't, my first year daily didn't like it there, right. and I didn't love the people yet. And as a 25-year-old, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. to have the, mat- you know, yeah. the faith and the maturity to st- yeah. stick with it. You don't know everything in life. Um, you follow our leader, Jesus, and his word. But part of my calling, like I said, it was a blessing to know that this is what I should stick with. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I haven't wasted energy like a lot of overseas Americans do, thinking when they're going to return. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't think I knew that about you, Mark, that this was a calling for life. Wow, that's cool. So... <clears throat> What advice would you give to someone else, young or old, because God's call can come at any point in our lives, um, somebody else who's ex- who's sensing God calling them into the mission field? Take it, take it seriously. Um, the check it with the Word of God, the people of God, the mature people of God in your life, and with the Spirit of God in prayer. One thing about the missionary life is you, you, it is confirmed by the people of God who surround you and support you. You can't go. Most mission agencies don't let you get on the plane unless you're fully funded because if it's one thing, you don't, there's enough trials over there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and if financial cannot be a trial, then that's wonderful. And also, if, there's, if the body of Christ hasn't seen you do this in your own culture, then they probably not, they might mm-hmm. support you to, to develop that in your own culture first and then go. So it's almost a filter, the fundraising mm-hmm. process. It's a humbling thing. 
Uh, but that's part of God's calling too is will the body send you over? Do they see maturity and some strength? And sometimes it can even be uncontrollable things like health might might hold you back for now. But if the Lord wants you there, he'll provide. And so pursue it. Um, don't make an idol of it. Even some missionaries will re- will be tempted and return back to America and they actually don't have what they wanted. Maybe they wanted a life partner or maybe they wanted uh, ease of language or just better ministry or easier field. And then they return home. And sometimes those are met those needs, but sometimes not. So, and also you don't want to make the mission field your happy place. Maybe you had a great experience for a week. You move over there and it gets hard. Like Europe does not Mm -hmm. look like it does in the summer. Summer it's green and everyone's on the streets dining with Europe's a playground, but the people have a rough inner life and to minister to them. It's pretty dark at times. It's a Physically, it's a pretty easy place to be, but in ministry, the people are really lost. We love them. Mm. I think that's one of the struggles that some people have with call is they think that once they step into that call, it's all going to be easy, that there's not going to be any hardship. As you said, there's not going to be barriers to language. God's just going to give me the gift of tongues, and all of a sudden I'll speak this foreign, foreign language. And the reality is, is that call is hard. Often, uh, look at Moses's life. It wasn't easy, and in fact, he didn't want to go. He said, "Send somebody else," because you know this is. I know this is going to be hard. I've dealt with these people before. And now you want want to send me back to deal with them again, and yet God blessed him through that, that whole process, even when it was a challenge, even when the people were complaining. You know, they wanted some other leader at times. Um, but the point being is, call is not always easy. It is hard, and some people have this this theology that God either opens doors or closes doors. Sometimes God closes a door and says, I want to see, are you willing to do what it takes to open that door? Or are you, or are you just going to give up? Because God wants us not to give up. And that's one of the things I'm thankful for your call, Mark, into ministry, is even though it's at times been challenging, you've stuck it out. You know, If there's anything that a person needs to answer a call is tenacity. They need to hang in there. Um, because even if this month isn't good, Next month, God may provide the harvest. So I just wanted I just wanted to drop that in there. I'm sorry, I'm a pastor. Sometimes I, I <laughs> this is a perfect illustration for people to learn. Uh, and but I'm very thankful for the call that that you had on your life. I'm just curious when you answered the call, how did some of your friends and family respond? Was it all positive, or did you have some going, "What, what are you doing? You spent four years in college. This doesn't have anything to do with what you know much." So how did you deal with that? I had supportive parents. Um, it's kind of funny. They actually, I, I spent my first 24 years in Peoria. Um, it's actually my parents who left Peoria. So they left me, we joke, because they were, <laughs> they went overseas to, to work for Caterpillar. I actually got to travel a lot. That was during my sophomore year at Bradley. So I went overseas and saw a lot of the world, and I saw a lot of the physical and spiritual needs, landed in check. But um, my friends were supportive. Uh, My professors were shocked. Uh, My parents were okay. Um, That can be a big thing for a lot of people, for the parents to release their children. Um, Now, they're adults, so they need to. (laughs) But it can be hard. It can be a sacrifice for the parents. And so we're thankful for, I'm thankful for 
uh, for that. And so I didn't have such a big struggle to get over there. In Europe, we have a lot of more than half our team is our Europeans. And so they're fundraising and they, they sacrifice on opportunity and salary. And their parents are very shocked because now in Eastern Europe, there's opportunity. And for you to not take hold of that is very hard for some parents, but they keep their eyes on the Lord, trying to obey God, not man. And Jesus calls us even away from family at times, not to mm-hmm. not love them, but to follow the call to make disciples and be ready to even sacrifice that. Mm. So one one last question I have is, what is a, a, a normal work day look like for you? What is your, what does that ministry look like there? Who do you minister to and who, you know, what, what does it look like to engage them? Yeah, currently I am, have this, I have office hours daily and people sign up, especially from this denomination that I'm serve as the official youth pastor coach. And so they find on the website, my open hours, they can click and just book with me without exchanging emails. So I do a lot of one-on-one with youth pastors and that's a need because they get seminars and books, but they need some individual mentoring. And if it's Christian coaching, I only ask, I don't tell during that time. So, and then I now live in Bohemia, the Western part of Czech, which is even less Christian, you know, probably just a half percent of the population. And so I'm tracking with all the youth pastors and trying to equip them, meet them, encourage, build. And so a lot of weekends I'm at a youth pastor training event or an outreach weekend. The summers, it's all camps for youth and now with our new church plant, family camp, and then different conferences. I go down to Croatia because I serve with the Josiah Venture team down there now, and I, I lead a group of five to six people that they're experienced, but um, I'm their country leader at the moment. We always love when a national can do that. We're looking for that, and so it's never the same. Every day's different, and that actually suits me because the regular nine to five in a cubicle. Now that's a sacrifice, I think. <laughs> <laughs> At a desk, nine to five. Good on you if you do that. <laughs> well, Mark, we're about out of time. Did Can you have another? I just want to ask one more question. So several years ago when I visited Czech, I remember you sharing with our team that there are many Czechs, maybe at that time the majority of Czechs, did not know anyone who knew and loved Jesus. Has that changed at all? It has not in 25 years. The The population who follow Jesus the narrow way is about the same. Uh, church membership has dropped even more. And, um, and yet, that's almost a filter. Uh, there's still people who follow Jesus the narrow way. The youth remain very open, and we work with the youth. The rest of the country economically... Um, Cars, trains, everything's improved. Internet, mobile phones, but even salary. But the the youth ministry is the youth are still open. The church has not hit that revival that we're asking for. We're actually praying twenty five years plus for a movement of God among the youth of Central and Eastern Europe that finds its home in the local church and transforms society. We try to equip young leaders towards that. 
So that's where we're at, one in 200. So it's not uncommon to be the only Christian in your high school. You and your brother, you're the only Christians in the whole high school, maybe one or two others. That's where we're at, but we keep praying for something. We were very inspired by what happened at among young people down in Wilmore, Kentucky this past year. We, we got a report of that and were very encouraged by those young people. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Well, Mark, as I said, we're about out of time and very thankful to be with you today. We've uh, been with uh, Mark Krupa, the Christian Bohemian. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I probably shouldn't have said that. I'm sorry. But, uh, but it is good to know a fellow brother in Christ who really is answering that call and calling people to faithfulness in God. Uh, where they are, and peop- some of whom don't even know God. And so it's just such a, a wonderful and powerful thing, and we're th- very thankful to be a, a very small part of that, I know, but to be a part of that. Because it's so important for the gospel of Jesus Christ to be to be in the world so that there is transformation. And part of, of you know, part of our um, vision and mission is to make disciples for the transformation of Peoria in the world. And, 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 by being connected to our missionaries around the world, that's how we believe that we're able to b- impact the world in a, a very positive way for God. And so we're very thankful. And not all of our missionaries are United Methodist, and that's okay with us because the church of God is bigger than any one denomination. Jesus is so, so much bigger than, than all, all of this stuff that we sometimes you know fight and argue over. And that's why I'm so thankful that we're a, a part of your ministry and continue to be a part of your ministry. And very glad that you grew up in this church and that and that God used people here to impact your life. And you're now impacting uh, other people's lives. It won't be until we get to heaven, by the way, um, that we'll see all the ripples of how the pebble we dropped in the world impacted others prayerfully in a very positive way for Jesus. And I'm very thankful for that. Well, uh, I want to have prayer with you. And so let's pray uh, together. Gracious God, we want to pause before we close this show out because we love Mark and we love that he's in love with you and that you've called him into ministry. We're so very thankful, God, that you are touching lives through him and that he's able to coach other Christians now because, Lord, he's almost 50 years old. He's now mature and knows everything there is about ministry. (laughs) Well, Lord, that's not true, but he knows the one who does know everything about ministry. And for that, we're thankful. And we pray, God, that you would bless him, that he might bless others so that they might make an impact in the Czech Republic and Croatia and that others might come to know you. And we join with them in their prayer that, God, revival might come both in Europe and in America so that people might come to know Jesus and the transforming power of your love and grace. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So don't forget to like and share us on social media. We're available on all podcast platforms. Please subscribe or follow us and be sure to leave a review. You can go to PeoriaOne.com for more information about us and to leave a message.